Episode 21 of Tacos and Tequila. I'm Peyton. I'm Sydney. I will preface this with we are doing a late night recording, folks. So if you listen and you're like, why the hell do they sound all over the place or loopy? It's just a pre-warning. I'm sorry in advance. It is what it is. This is just who we are at this point. Yeah, you know, we both work full-time jobs, so sometimes the only time we can connect is late at night. (laughs) It's fine. It works out this way. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're probably really bad. Who knows? (laughs) Well, we've got some good reviews, so (laughs) we're going to go with they're good. (laughs) Thanks for coming back and joining. (laughs) Yes, please come back again. (laughs) We just keep getting better, folks. I promise. That's what I think, anyway. <laughs> Man. Well, I did a fun episode last week. Well, it'll be last week when you listen to this, folks. <laughs> Hopefully. And now Sydney has another fun one for us. So I know we like to mix it up. We hit you with a lot of murder stories all at once. Yes, we're trying to keep track and throw out some other random stuff here and there, so that way it's not just 75 murder stories in a row. Yeah, so we're going to go with really a, a spooky story, a little Ooh. ghost action. I'll let you uh, set the scene here, Sid. All right. So, the Fister Hotel opened in 1893 in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It was opened by Guido and Charles Fister, a father and son duo. Um, It was considered to be one of the most lavish hotels of its time, costing nearly a million dollars to build. The hotel had features such as fireproofing, electricity, and thermostat controls in every single room. These are pretty big, hot items that other hotels at the time did not offer which I found super interesting because I couldn't imagine not having a thermostat control in a hotel room. I'd probably lose my shit. I was going to say the first article I read about it and I was like, okay. And then I kept reading other articles and I was like, holy shit, this was like unheard of at that time, which makes sense. Again, it was built in 1893, but I was like, wow, I wouldn't have expected, like, I've never actually heard of the Fister Hotel before you picked this case. So I would have never guessed some hotel in Milwaukee, Wisconsin would be the first one with thermostats in the rooms. Right. Or at least like <laughs> the top notch one of the area. I also had seen um a post which I think was on like the Fister website and it said like the a fireproof hotel or like something like that. And I was like, that's also kind of wild. Like that you're gonna label yourself like like no fires are gonna come through here. Okay, yes. But I wonder if it's because in the area of, like, Chicago and Milwaukee and Lake Michigan, they, uh, right before this is built, there were tons of fires that took out so many different buildings. Which, yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking, too, like, the Great Chicago Fire and stuff. Yeah. But, like, also, 
I guess I don't know fully how in 1893 you could claim that you are fireproof. Fireproof. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think that was my biggest concern. Like, even now, hotels don't do that. Or, like, places don't do that. Because I don't think that there's a way to fully... It's almost like the Titanic saying that they were the unsinkable ship. Absolutely. And no, (laughs) knock on wood, there has not been a fire here. Yes. (laughs) So in 1962, under new ownership, a new 23-story guest room tower was added onto the Pfister Hotel. So the Pfister was basically just a small, I think it's like four or five-story hotel. And then they added on this huge, massive tower on the other side of the building. I think, oh, eight stories. It was, the original was eight stories. The original was eight stories. Okay. I was like, it wasn't, it's not too it might have been, high, but. It might have only been four or five floors, though, because it said eight stories with high ceilings. So yes. it wasn't like your standard ceiling. Because I want to say now, it's not, like, the original building is only a. No more than, like, four or five floors. Because, like, if you stay there, you usually stay in, like, the tower. Because that's where the majority of the rooms actually are. That makes sense. So, sorry. No, you're good. Go ahead. I was going to say, I just, um, before you keep going, I have some random fun facts that I found. Yeah, history. Um, so one, Charles Fister was adopted. Yeah, didn't know that. And Guido Fister, he's a German immigrant. He, his father, who adopted him, he made his fortune by being a tanner. And I was like, what the fuck is a tanner? <laughs> because I don't know what that means. Laying it's in a tanning bed. <laughs> I, I'm literally like, how do you make money off getting tan? Very confused. Uh, no, it's just he made his career in, like, leathers. And okay. so his, him and his brother owned, like, two separate companies. And one was, like, leathers. And one was a shoe store. And they made a killing off of it, I guess. And at one point, we're, like, the number one producers of leather in the U.S. Interesting. I was like, holy shit, it's kind of a big deal and their whole idea they called it they wanted to call the Fister like a people's palace where everyone could gather under one roof and like an elegant lobby and it'd be like a great big living room which I thought was like super interesting because you don't really hear that's the concept anymore no and that hospitality was like number one despite anyone's social status Yep, it was definitely, like, a gathering place. And there will be mention of the hospitality aspects again later. So keep that noted, (laughs) folks. I figured. (laughs) And then Guido actually, the father passed away. I don't know if you mentioned this. uh, In 1889, one year before the construction actually began. Mm -hmm. And it said the original hotel was decked out with 200 rooms with high ceilings and 19th century furnishings. But I don't think that was like 200 guest rooms. I think it was just 200 rooms in general. And 
Oh, and my one point, I think, so Charles Fisser actually oversaw the hotel and the operations himself at Mm -hmm. one point, even living in one of the suites in the hotel for many years. And in April of 1927, he had a paralytic stroke. So he sold the hotel to a long-term employee, Ray Smith, which I was like, what the fuck? You just, like, built this whole family thing. He was, like, a lifelong bachelor and, like, never had any kids. But he mentored Ray Smith since he was young. I don't know if that's the accurate name. I did not see this on the website. But I found it on information digging into Charles Fister and who he was because I wanted to know, like, where he was when he died or when he died. But uh, so that was April of 1927. Seven months later, he actually had a second stroke and he was taken to his sister's home in Milwaukee where he died of pneumonia in November. So it must have been Ray Smith and like the decline in the area I'm guessing I'm not sure but then I know that's when it got passed on to that Marcus Corporation you mentioned yep so that's who currently owns it and they own a bunch of other like Hilton hotels and older historic hotels throughout the states um another fun fact about the Fister they house one of the largest Victorian art collections of any hotel in the world and these were all collected by those original hotel owners so Guido and Charles Fister had had a very large collection of these items which are still there yeah on their website you can like actually it has information about it that mm-hmm. you can like take a tour with yep. like an artist on staff I was like what the fuck <laughs> it's like a guided tour or just like a self-guided one which is yeah, pretty interesting that's, that's crazy the Fister also has made its way onto the list of historic hotels of America. With those old historic buildings, though, which you guys already probably knew or were guessing it, also comes those old spooky stories. So there's been a lot of patrons of the hotel that have reported sightings and noises that don't belong. Staff and guests claim that the second floor is completely haunted. And they claim to see Charles Fister himself haunting the grand staircase up to that second floor. Reports regarding these ghosts and all the paranormal activities come from, believe it or not, the MLB players of the United States. <laughs> Which, if anyone knows anything about Sydney, she loves her baseball players. So she sent me an article on this, and I was like, yep, got to do it. It's got creepy stories and MLB players being terrorized by ghosts. <laughs> Just love the baseball boys' butts. I think that's <laughs> what it all comes down to. But it's fine, right? Okay. Yeah, um, okay. <laughs> So many of these players had reported strange pounding noises, furniture being moved, windows being opened by themselves, basically every ghost story you could think of under the sun. But some of those main stars in the stories that they told, um, Michael Young, a former player for the Texas Rangers, he was an infielder, 
He had made it known that he basically was not spreading ghost stories, but he was telling the truth. And he said he was lying in bed after a game when he heard footsteps inside of his room. He'd heard previous stories from other teammates and other players about this hotel. So he shouted out to whatever he thought was there, quote, hey, make yourself at home, hang out, have a seat, but just don't wake me up, okay? And he (laughs) claims that he did not hear anything for the rest of the night. And basically in his interview, was just like, yeah, I just made him my friend. Like, you got to beat him. Like, who's the man now? And I was sobbing. I literally have tears forming in the corner of my eyes. Oh, my God. Meanwhile, I hear a noise, and I'm like, what is that? I'm, like, freaking out and shaking. I'm like, go away! Same. But Michael Young was one of the few players who actually, you know, treated this ghost how the ghost wanted to be treated. Whereas some of the other players were... Not having just, it. Just like Peyton, <laughs> where they're hiding, <laughs> shaking in their boots. Um, Bryce Harper, the 2015 National League MVP award winner, and he's a current right fielder for the Phillies, said that he laid his shirts and pants on a table that was like at the end of his bed before he was going to sleep. And when he woke up, the clothes were on the floor, the table was on the opposite side of his room, and it was against the wall. So he you know luckily didn't wake up in the middle of the night but was freaking the fuck out when he woke up the next day and was convinced that one of his teammates was playing a prank on him but didn't want to like call anyone out and no one admitted to it so then he was like all right i'm gonna keep this story to myself um (laughs) i'd be freaked the fuck out i'd be like oh my god i just slept through all of this (laughs) literally so basically, his only solution to this was to just ask to be moved to another hotel room. <laughs> I mean, hey, I guess that's somewhat smart. Yeah, I mean, no one's admitting that they were pranking me. Something definitely happened. I guess I just got to get out. Um, another player, Carlos Gomez, had reported hearing voices one year when he'd gotten out of the shower. He heard static that was playing through his iPod. When he picked it up, suddenly it changed to a different song. So he raced out of his room and goes to the lobby without pants on. And then he was quoted <laughs> saying that... That's 100% me right there. That is I'm me. done. I am done. <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> Gomez was quoted saying, everything's scary. Everything in the hotel. The paintings... And pictures, it's just a lot of old, crazy stuff. <laughs> he ain't wrong. <laughs> okay, I think this this is my absolute favorite. Um, Carlos Martinez and Marcelo Zuna. Um, they have actually the most recent story from 2018. Uh, they were both claiming that they had seen a ghost. And Martinez had actually posted a video on his Instagram story stating... I just saw a ghost in Ozana's room. He saw another one. So we're all in Francisco Pena's room, which is another player. We're all stuck in here. We're going to sleep together. If the ghost shows up again, we're all going to fight together too. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what are you fighting? (laughs) 
not only do I love this so much for just like what it is and like the fact that it's an Instagram video, but you also have to remember that these are three grown ass men <laughs> in one wrong tough and in the video. So it's not you can't find it on Instagram anymore, but like there's recordings of it like out there. I'll have to find a recording and post it or send it to you, Peyton. And they're like all sitting on one bed. <laughs> like just you can tell that they're like slightly distraught. And we're all gonna fight together. Like, what? I'd be sitting on the bed, like, not wanting my feet dangling over. Literally. Oh my oh. god, that's so funny. Um, another player, Colby Lewis, is said to have seen a skeletal apparition, is how he described it. And he was so freaked out by this experience that he actually missed a radio appearance the next morning because instead he had gone to visit the team chaplain. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) I love this so much. (laughs) Um, Another story, Andre Beltre. What is his name? Andre Beltran? Beltre? Andre Beltre reported... (laughs) That he had heard knocking on his door. The TV and the air conditioning kept both turning on and off. And he heard repeated pounding noises from the other side of his headboard. So it was like he was laying his head against his headboard, but someone was knocking on it, like, from the other side of the wall. But. Oh, fuck off. (laughs) I would leave. (laughs) No other further information on what he decided to do, though. Oh, my God. Um, I'm so stressed. Justin Upton from the Braves had commented that when staying at the hotel, he had to sleep with the blinds open and the lights on. And basically, if they were to return, like, for another game, that he was going to just pay for another hotel out of pocket. Which Wait, I was going to say, I have in my notes that there's three specific players, but, like, yep. a lot of players pay their own way to stay in a hotel other than the Fister because of their previous experiences. Like, they're like, no, I'm good. Y'all can stay there, but I'll pay for my own room. Which I think is the funniest thing. So, like, (laughs) the Fister is just, like, this beautiful, historic hotel, you you know, that's the luxury, like, the place that you think if, you know, a professional baseball player or, like, a famous person, if they were visiting Milwaukee, this is where they would want to stay because it's so luxurious. And that they're going to pay out of pocket and probably go stay at, like, the Hilton Garden Inn down the street, which is, like, a little <laughs> bit, you know, probably three-star hotel. But, like, fuck that. I ain't staying there. I just think that it's the funniest. Just, I haven't had an experience like that. But if I did, I might think otherwise. Oh, for sure. I was going to say, in my notes, too, it's, like, it's arguable. It's arguably Wisconsin's fanciest hotel to this day is what, like, everything says. It's, you know, just blocks from Lake Michigan, so gorgeous views. Mm -hmm. It's, you've had, like, lots of politicians, prime ministers, athletes, celebrities. I watched a video clip of Miley Cyrus in an interview after she stayed there in, like, 20... 14 or something like that maybe even before that actually and she had stayed there and they were trying to get her to say something about the ghosts there and she like was not commenting but like I mean Mm -hmm. celebrities stay there all the time and it's the last 19th century hotel remaining in all of downtown Milwaukee so you know it's like this old school beautiful like revamp 
hotel and they're trying to keep it like in that old glory days of like this giant palace and you're like yeah. no I don't want to stay the fuck there <laughs> nope I will pay for something else I do not want to be involved I so, mean fair whatever but so why is it all these you know major league baseball players have these tales to tell of their night at the Fister one belief is that Charles Fister is carrying on a tradition that was actually considered to be quite common in his day, um, where they would harass the traveling teams so they aren't on their A game for the day for the game the next day. Um, there's been multiple reports from players from the Milwaukee Brewers that have stayed there. They have no experiences like paranormal experiences or anything where they felt that they couldn't get a good good night's rest. It's only these traveling baseball teams, which could be a coincidence. Oh my God, wait. Or could be just Wait, isn't it the the one guy who said he was didn't he like play a crazy game? What? I didn't say anything about a crazy game. No, 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 but I'm saying in the article you sent me when we were doing research, I didn't write it down here, so I'm really fucking slacking. Oh, but yeah, like that he had, like, um... He, like, like, started off the pitch with, like, this crazy-ass, like, his first pitch of the game was, like, mm-hmm. he's something he's never done before, never did afterwards kind of pitch, and then the Brewers went on to go win that game. <laughs> yep. So it's, like, everything that, like... Not everything, but, like, little things like that are thought to, like, correlate in the Brewers' favor. So, in in the home team's favor. But there's also, like, just the multiple reports that, like, the Brewers that had commented were, like, no, we never had anything weird happen to us. Like, we never felt uncomfortable. Also, like, I don't know if the Brewers players actually, like, go out in, like, downtown Milwaukee. But that's kind of what one of the articles made it sound like. They have, like, this very fancy, like, rooftop bar. And they're like, no, like, it's beautiful there. Like, it's a cool place to go almost, which I thought was interesting. <laughs> like, Talk they're about not a home pay for team a... advantage. Right. <laughs> I mean, I guess they wouldn't necessarily be staying there for the nights before their games, but. No, but I'm saying that gives them, the home team, such an advantage. <laughs> right. They have somebody on their side. Being harassed by paranormal <laughs> and ghostly figures. Oh, yeah, definitely an interesting situation there. And it could all be coincidence, but it could all be fact. You never know. Um, Another reason for the ghosts not being directly linked to the Major League Baseball teams, but Charles Pfister taking on his father's dream and working hard, continuing to work hard to run that hotel and continue to watch over the staff and guests. You know, they wanted to be a gathering place. They wanted to be a place where these guests and the staff felt welcome and felt like they were at home. And it could be that Charles Fister is still taking that on and still lingering within the hotel and these creepy things are happening along with it. I love it. Actually, one thing I found is that apparently he also used to live there with, like, his dogs back Mm. in the day. And so now the Fister doesn't allow pets in the hotel. You know, very nice, classy hotel. And oftentimes people in their rooms and guests in their rooms will report hearing what sounds like dogs playing in the hallways. 
but there's no animals out there. And I was like, holy shit, his dogs are haunting the place, too. It was so spooky. My favorite one that I found was that... (laughs) So, oftentimes, players leave their rooms to sleep in the lobby, pair up in rooms so there are other witnesses for strange occurrences. And like you said, some just refuse to stay there. Mm -hmm. One time, the manager on duty had to calm down an MLB player. He wouldn't comment who the player was in the middle of the night and convince him that ghosts are not real before he would return to his room. (laughs) I'm like, that probably wasn't in your job description, sir. Absolutely not. Ghosts are not real, sir. Please go back to bed. We have a game tomorrow. (laughs) I think it's just funny. I mean, it's not funny because if it was me, I would also probably be scared shitless. But when I'm thinking of these big, you know, professional baseball players, like these are like big dudes. Like this is what they do. They're like very macho. Like I (laughs) and when you hear the stories, it's like running out of my room with no pants on like so scared like this is crazy (laughs) they sound like me (laughs) I don't know personally I have stayed at the Fister I believe three times two or three times um my mom is super into the spooky things and this is a very luxurious hotel so I know my mom and I had done like some girls nights in the past and we'd go on like a ghost tour and then we'd stay at the Fister and we would, like, wander around the hotel and kind of go and creep and stand on the second floor and, like, hope something would happen. <laughs> Nothing happens. It's beautiful. There are a lot of, like, spooky pieces of artwork where no matter where you are in the building, like, eyes are looking at you. But I never felt, like, uneasy, like, there was a ghost or anything. Um, we did have which I feel like we should share because this did happen at the Fister. We were staying in, like, the tower, and there was, like, a big party happening next to our room, and I remember my mom was just, like, super pissed off and, like, kept calling the front desk and was like, these people keep blah, 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 And it was actually, like, a rapper who had performed at, like, the rave had, like, some big-ass party, so, like, basically some celebrity in a couple rooms down from us and has, like, all of his entourage with him and oh my god I, I bet your mom was so pissed so pissed and I dug, dug and dug and dug through my twitter because I don't remember who the fuck it was and I could not find it so if I remember one day I'll let the people know but it was someone big at the time because I remember posting on twitter and be like oh my god whoever is sitting it is next to us but I cannot remember for the life of me who the fuck it was I mean it wasn't like little Wayne or anything it was like <laughs> someone smaller but my mom was living Maybe I love remember. this and I also <laughs> love that your mother has indulged you and like encouraged this behavior because my mom would be like what the fuck is wrong with you no it's not what I want to do in my free time my mom was like okay <laughs> we were I remember because there's one area which is like right by like the grand staircase or whatever and it's like where the ballroom is like all these different like banquet rooms and stuff and the one time there was like a wedding or something going on we were just like wandering over there and, like there's all these people like dressed up and we look like bums like I probably had yoga pants on and a t-shirt <laughs> we're just wandering around the hotel she's like oh no it's fine just go over just wandering but yes it's beautiful. I, I love this it's a great so piece much. of history. 
highly recommend if you're ever in the Milwaukee area. Peyton's coming to Wisconsin in a couple weeks. We might have to just go sneak into the Fister. Um, Yeah, stay tuned. We'll post some pictures, too. It's just a pretty awesome place. And I also saw in 2018 it was named the creepiest place in Wisconsin by the Travel Channel. That's interesting. Like, I never felt like it was creepy, personally. Like... Maybe it's because I like spooky things. Maybe I was just intrigued by it. That's so wild. Yeah, it's unlike multiple articles I saw that and then it's coined as the most haunted place in all of Wisconsin, if not the mm-hmm. entire country, which I don't know. I won't go that far. Have you ever seen The Shining? Yes. Okay, so like that's based off the Stanley Hotel. So the real yes. life Stanley Hotel is haunted, supposedly. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... I would think that that in the middle of nowhere in the mountains might be a little creepier, more haunted, but who knows? And maybe maybe that's another piece that makes it not seem so spooky. Like, it's in the middle of a city. Like, Milwaukee's a pretty big city. It's busy. You're hearing, you know, the horns and whatnot. There's people there. It's not like it's just you're in the middle of nowhere. It's right. The only thing that I would say is, like a little bit creepy it's just like it's very old it's an old building but like the tower is pretty new so everything's like up to date it's just that main lobby is just very historic looking you know you could tell it's from the late 1800s for sure but I like stuff like that so maybe that's another thing that but I mean I like stuff like that but like also as much as I want to have a ghost experience in my life, I also really do not want to have a ghost experience in my life. <laughs> you know, that's If true. that makes I think, sense. <laughs> maybe that's part of my problem. I think I'm too open to it at this point. Maybe something's coming. Maybe. It's just going to hit you at a real unexpected time. And then the next time after that, I'll be like, oh, my God, I was so scared. I walked in. I didn't know what to do. It's a scary building. And then just be a shit show. All I know is if is if we take this trip together and something spooky happens, I'm going to be a very changed person. <laughs> <laughs> and then we can recount it for the fans because I'm sure my reaction is not going to be great. <laughs> That's probably true. Stay tuned, guys. <laughs> Like, I love horror movies, but I don't really fuck with, like, paranormal or religious movies because I, like, I really do believe in that stuff. And so I really don't want to, like, mess with anything. And then... And I think I'm the opposite. Like, I like paranormal and, like, ghosts and, like, the religious stuff, like, more than I like just, like, a horror film. Like, I don't like, like, blood and guts. I'd rather see, like... Oh, see, give me all the gore. No, nope. I used, I was like thirteen watching Saw. I loved it. Nope. Uh, Rob Zombie movies are like my favorite. Like House of Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects, favorite movies. Love it. Give me all the gore. But nope. <laughs> once it's like a ghost or a spirit, like if it's a person, that's fine. You can kill a person. I can even deal with like Freddy, Jason, Michael Myers is my favorite. But, like, what the fuck am I going to do with the ghosts? I think my favorite movie... Holy water? That doesn't grew- work all the time. My favorite movie growing up was Poltergeist, okay? For a period of time. Like, <laughs> oh we are complete opposites right now. 
Shit. You're, like, ready for a ghost experience, and I'm, like, ready to fucking take down a serial killer. <laughs> I mean, if it ever happened, I'd probably, like, pee my pants. But I think <laughs> that I would be a little bit more prepared for it than you would. And I've had, like, oh, well... Sure. We'll talk about Sydney's weird experiences later down the road. She's got... I got more episodes coming that I want to focus in on. Yeah, no, it, like, runs in the family. My dad said that apparently when his parents saw the movie Psycho, Mm -hmm. my grandma was so paranoid and terrified, she used to make my grandpa sit in the bathroom when she would shower. And oh I was my like, God. wow, overactive imagination, 100% runs in the family. <laughs> I love it. Well, I mean, when I'm home alone, I still look, like, behind the shower curtain to make sure no one's in there. Oh, I leave the shower curtain open. I always close it, but I always <laughs> look. And that's always, like, if I'm home alone. Like, if, if Ryan's here, like, when I was living with my parents when I was living with Morgan, like, I wouldn't look if someone was there. But when I'm home alone, that's always, like, one of the first things I want to do is look behind the shower curtain. I'm like, no one's going to fucking hide in there. They got better places to go. <laughs> like, why? You've seen my house, so honestly, the shower curtain would be, like, prime spot. <laughs> so, yeah, no. I, I like, uh, they'd have a lot better Jake's spots gone here. for work, I always leave the shower curtains open. He'll come home, and that's, like, the first thing he does, shower, and then closes it again. <laughs> Which is, like, different when he's here. I'm the same way. I don't care when he's here, but yeah, he's gone, I'm like, nope, that bitch is staying open. <laughs> it's crazy how that works. Like, oh, I'm by myself. I must, someone must be coming to kill me now. Facts. <laughs> they always know. Well, Sydney, you want to hit me with a joke and a fact? Yes. Uh, what do you want first? Let's go fact. All right. So per the Guinness World Records, the largest flower taco in the world so far weighed 1,654 pounds. And was made in the city of Mexicali in Mexico. I wish our video was on so you could just have seen my jaw drop. (laughs) That's a big ass fucking tackle. Over a thousand pounds? Nope. Oh, I'm stressed. Sixteen hundred and some change. Whew. Talk about a stomach ache. I'm just trying to picture how large it is. I want to know. I can. There was Google a it. picture. There was a picture in Brazier. I want to know how many people ate it. Or do like, do we just make those? And that's another thing I really hate about the Guinness World Records. These motherfuckers just be making massive amounts of shit. And then I don't think people actually. They're just like, yeah, I just made a 7,000 pound. All right. Let's throw it away. Wait. Holy shit, Sydney, have you Googled it? Yeah, I did look at that. That's how I found it. It was a picture. So after it was measured, the taco was served to 15,000 spectators. <laughs> that's that's the information I missed. That's what I needed. 15,000. 15, I just picture like three big old dudes just sitting there scarfing down fucking... <laughs> 
That girl. Oh my god. Okay. I'm stressed. Hit me with the joke. <laughs> what is a taco's favorite type of dance? What? The salsa. <laughs> I should have known that one. I'm literally trying to think. <laughs> that was oh. one I didn't know if it was too straightforward that people might, you know, I'm sure that there's a couple of you listeners out there that are like, the salsa, because you guys are so smart. But. Oh, I'm sure someone guessed it. Not my dumbass. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you got to know your audience. Well, you know me pretty well. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, whatever. Um, I asked a trivia question last week that I forgot to post on Instagram. I'll do that tomorrow, actually. Um, Side note for us. (laughs) So, of all the horror movies, we never guessed. Actually, I'm in advance. We're recording in advance. I'm going to edit all of this. But I forgot that episode where I asked this question actually doesn't come out until Tuesday. Oh. So we good. We good. Okay. (laughs) So last week I asked. You didn't post. Got you. Yeah. So the episode comes out on Tuesday. So I can post this week anyways. Duh. Mm -hmm. Okay. Of all the horror movies, we never guessed Chucky to be based on a real doll. But it is. Which real-life haunted doll is the character of Chucky based on? A. Robert the doll. B. Annabelle. C. Peggy the doll. Or D. Juliet the doll. Did you Google any of these dolls, Sydney? I. You said not to Google Peggy, didn't you? Correct. Yeah, that was the one I Googled. Um, <laughs> I it know, was I creepy feel, looking, right? It was creepy. I feel fine, though, so... I'm all right. Okay, good. Uh, well, the answer is Robert the doll. I knew it was Robert because <laughs> all the other ones were girls' names. <laughs> I know. That probably gave it away. <laughs> well, I didn't know, though, because I do feel like they'd be doing weird things and out there, and I'll be like, you know, it was based off of a true story of a doll of... Whoever, like, I mean, it doesn't have to be, like, the same gender always, but that was what I was going with. It has to be the guy name. But. That's true. Okay. I guess I kind of gave you an easier one. <laughs> um, Do we want to go with, like, a harder one? A Let's do a hard one. one. Let's do okay. a harder one. I mean, I think they've all been a little difficult so far. Okay. Ian Brady was the male partner of a pair of serial killers who terrorized the Lancashire area of England. I really hope I said that right. What is the name of Brady's female accomplice? Ooh. Now, this is tricky. Because all the women listed are prolific female serial killers, people. A, Beverly Allett. B, Carla Homoka. C, Catherine Knight. And D, Maya Henley. 
Ooh. We should definitely do a UK story. I actually found one and added it to our list of one I've never heard of before because it's fairly recent within the last like 10 years. I have um a story too that just came up and it's like a an unsolved one that Ooh. is I believe in the UK. It's somewhere not in America. Well, I am going to go back to the great state of Canada. I just can't decide if I'm going to do that for my next one or the one after. So, we'll see. I haven't made up my mind, but folks, keep checking out our website, tacosandtequilapodcast.com. Um, I think Sid and I have, we keep teasing, we have exciting news coming soon. We're, we have like a million things in the works. <laughs> yes, there's that's the problem. There's too many things that we're working on at one time. We need to focus in on one thing. <laughs> we just don't know I, how. Yes. I get so excited about everything. <laughs> Yeah, I start doing something and then get distracted by another. Yep. I will, I'm going to set myself and hold myself to this deadline. By the time this episode comes out, we will have a TikTok page. Woo! So check out our TikToks and um, I will write it down so I can tell you what that is next week. But uh, hashtag tacos and tequila is something I will use. So check it out. I'm going to probably be posting most of the stories <laughs> until I convince Sydney to maybe do a <laughs> one or two. They're so awkward to do if you've never recorded one before, and I have not. So just bear with me. I hope they'll get better, too. And I'm just an all-around already awkward person, so only Fucking God knows. Same. Only God knows what I could pull out of my ass for that. This is, like, literally the reason we aren't on YouTube and, like, even when Sid and I record, we don't <laughs> use the camera. <laughs> no one needs to know what my facial expressions are and why my, like, Sydney, why is your eye lazy and why is your the left part of your mouth moving sideways and the other part's moving up and down? I don't know. Like, I don't know why. <laughs> so look at like me this. and be like, Peyton, what the fuck are you wearing? What's your face doing? And why does your hair look like it hasn't been washed in four days? Yes. One, I work from home, so I wear whatever the fuck I want. Two, my face is my face. I really can't help it or hide my emotions. And three, my hair has not been washed in four days, so I don't Why are you defending yourself to people that don't even see us? I'm just telling you guys. I already know the answer. So when you see my TikTok, don't judge me. I'm going to put makeup on and wash my hair. Make sure you guys check out her t-shirts, though. (laughs) Okay. Well... (laughs) Um, oh, find us and follow and like us <laughs> on Facebook, <laughs> Tacos and Tequila Podcast. And Instagram at just Tacos and Tequila. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you should give us a rating or a review because that'd be pretty neat. You yeah. should also message us. Um we're looking for some people that got some cool stories. I know that you're out there and you have a story to tell. So if you do and you want to go start on a podcast, you should let us know. Yeah, we're looking to do more collabs, crossovers, guest hosts. Um, yeah. Yeah, let us know. If you have some crazy stories, listener tales, anything like that, we want to hear your wild stories. We want you to be a part of it, too. Anything. And you don't have to be a podcast. You can just be like a random listener, too. If you have a good story, I don't really care who you are. 
literally, as long as you have a good story, we want to hear it. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that's all I got. You got anything else? I don't think so. All right. Well, we will talk to you guys next week then. Bye. Bye. Ha 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 ha!